What did we learn from day two of the media availability for Utah Spring Ball? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, an official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. My name is JT Wisto, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. This is your first time joining us on Lockdown News. We'd love for you guys to like, subscribe, support our show. We just recently crossed 1,000 subscribers. Thank you guys again for helping us to reach that mark. Also, you guys can hit me up on social media at JT Wisto or at Lockdown News. We'd love to interact with you guys guys on there as well and on today's show it's spring ball i mean we got a second look at the utah football team in spring ball today closing it out today as well with a little bit of utah gymnastics talk as the red rocks red rocks get set for their regional showdown in what we hope to be two sessions of meets and what should be is the utah gymnastics team tries to go to 47 straight national championships that's coming up later with sammy mora but first let's talk about spring ball now, look, full transparency to get this going. This was one of the rare times where I had worked, so I was not able to attend the media availability. But what do we do on the show? We react to what we hear and the information that comes out. And thankfully, a lot of our friends had us covered by going to these events and reporting on it so we can see from various reporters everything that's going on and what is out there. And the first one we'll start with is let's start with our friends at Ute Zone, Sammy Mora, who's going to be on the show later, as I mentioned, recapped what she saw in the 20-minute viewing. So let's start out with the quarterbacks, right? That's what everyone wants to know about. So. One thing that Sammy wrote about, this is a quote from Ute Zone, is just that Brandon Rose took most of the reps with the ones and had some great connection with Chris Reed during the viewing session. Talked about Rose also connecting with Devon Bailey, doing some, and uh, Zamaya Vaughn also made a nice play, but just overall, Rose took most of the reps with the ones. Now, that is interesting and telling because Kyle Whittingham said to the media after, they're starting to see a little separation in the QB battle, but nothing is definitive yet. Said they're looking, obviously, for accuracy, but want someone that's the leader of the group, someone that has the it factor. So, based on that statement and the fact that, as Sammy said, we saw Brandon Rose took most of the reps with the ones right now, that would mean, at this moment, the way I look at it, that Brandon Rose is probably the favorite in terms of right, we hooked, I have a feeling if we hooked Kyle Whittingham up to a lie detector right now, Brandon Rose is the favorite to win the quarterback two job based on how he's performing right now, talking about the accuracy and everything. And that goes along with something that Josh Furlong said too. This is a quote from Josh Furlong from one of his tweets. Got a lot of QB action today. In the time we got to watch from our limited viewing, Brandon Rose seemed to handle the pressure better and has a nicer touch and is more accurate. Nate Johnson provided a lot of versatility, but seemed rushed in his passes. That's again on Josh Furlong's Twitter. So the one thing that's interesting about this week compared to last week we watched is the quarterbacks weren't live. They weren't really hitting. In fact, when guys were battling back and forth in any position, offensive line, D-line, linebackers, running backs, whatever, you could hear all the coaches yelling, stay up. They were trying to ease the guys into it the first day. That was not the case today. Quarterbacks were live. Offensive lines were forced to protect them. And you had guys, and you have defensive lines getting after you, trying to take you down. The quarterbacks were thrown around a little bit today. Day, which is something exciting. That's what we're simulating, right? Game live reps, which is really important. So I think it was great that we got to see these guys go live a little bit and we get to hear these reports about based on how they did. So very encouraging that Brandon Rose looked great and hats off to him for 
just based on, like we said, what's being reported right now, seeming like the early winner in terms of the quarterback battle. There is a lot of time left in that quarterback battle. And that's why Coach Wood said we're not ready to make a decision. And let's be honest, he's not going to make a decision until fall camp. He might say who has like a slight edge or lean on it at the end of spring camp. But even that, I'm not exactly counting on him saying that because that's just that's just not what he does. He likes to keep it coy, close to the chest, and it makes sense. Keep him guessing, surprised. There's no benefits to letting everyone know and in. College coaches are super secretive, so it makes sense that Coach Witt would want to keep that stuff in-house overall. So either way, hats off to Brandon Rose for it sounds like being one of the early winners of spring camp so far. So we also got to look at Nate Johnson, who was sacked today, as well as getting dropped for a loss and a few scramble drills. Cool quote from Sammy Mora. And look, Nate was working a lot with the twos. That was what Josh Furlong tweeted out. Um, or excuse me, that was a piece that was uh, put out as well, is that Nate was getting more of the other reps. I said Brandon was with the one, so Nate and Bryson were getting kind of what was left there. And uh, speaking of Bryson, what we saw with uh, with Bryson was that he was sacked multiple times, kind of like the Penn State game, bad flashbacks there. But he was able to get the ball out, and he was connecting with Ty- Taekwon Gilmore for some big games. Once again, that's from Sammy Moore at Ute Zone. So looking at him reading that, it sounds to me like Rose – and look, what does Rose do a really good job of? It sounds like early on getting the ball out under pressure. And that is huge because you don't know how we don't know a lot about. Well, I should say we know we have a good feel for who the five up front is going to be. Right. That's something that Josh uh, Newman actually tweeted about when Josh Newman said that the five once again today was the same five that it was last week. So Tal Almea, Keaton Bills, Jaron Kump, Mokafisi and Falcon Kalmatule at right tackle. And he said that he doesn't expect that to change. That was from his Twitter account. I feel like there's a chance that changes just because of how unpredictable these kind of things can be. Coach Harding, there's a lot of time between August, obviously, when August 31st when Steve played their first games. I wouldn't be surprised to see some of that change a little bit. But look, that's definitely what the favorite has to be going into game one. And there's obviously a very good chance it will be the favorites. And sound like the group did a good job. But going back to my whole thing, like that's a group where Look, I really like Satao Lome as a run blocker. I've talked about that on the show a little bit. I think he's all right in pass protection. I didn't think he was outstanding at right tackle last year. I will be nervous if he is the game one start against the Florida Gators at left tackle. I just think that is something where it's that's a big jump going from defensive ends on when you're right tackle going against defensive ends that are blind trying to get after quarterbacks blindside. That's where you put your best that's where you put your best pass rushers. So that would make me a little anxious just to see how he will do and progress with that. But either way, it's good to know if Rose is able to get the ball out accurately under pressure, he's going to win the job, the backup quarterback job, because that is extremely important. Obviously when you're under duress that you don't turn it over, you don't make those bad mistakes, those bad decisions. So give Brandon Rose a lot of credit for making those plays early on. We know that's Bryson is when he's protected. He can make some nice throws. We also know that Nate, we saw last week that Nate made a couple nice throws in the media availability. When I was there, I know for a fact, and we know what a dynamic and electric athlete Nate is. And, Look, Nate got brought down today, as it was reported, but he's kind of guy. He's going to break a lot of sacks too. We know because of his electric running abilities too. So I definitely think that Nate Johnson is still in the thick of this quarterback battle. But just interesting to kind of hear that it sounds like early on, Brandon Rose has the early edge, and we'll just see what kind of Bryson Barnes, how many reps he continues to get, how it all factors and works out, and it's always very interesting too. You know, the coaches. Pick and choose what they want the media to see, too. That's important to remember. And I think you guys might be like, well, what do you mean by that? Well, Kyle Winningham knows when I'm pretty sure he gets that he gives the text or gets the okay either way to when the media is allowed to come back there. He knows what he wants to show off and what he's ready. That final practices are completely structured. So that final 20 minutes, he knows what he wants to see out there. He knows the groups and the players he's throwing out there and everything like that. So 
like I said, I'd be I'd be very interested to see. Well, first of all, it'd be great to see a full practice, obviously, just to know all the ins and outs of what's going on there. But either way, it's just going to be a fun to continue to monitor and watch this quarterback battle because the early on it sounds like the winner is Brandon Rose to our second media availability, and we'll have to get to see more of it next week. But either way, hats off to Brandon for what sounds like a really strong day, and I still think guys like Nate and Bryson. The hard part with them too is they are going with the twos, who are obviously not as strong as the one offensive line. So you want to be going with the best offensive line, obviously, to give you the most time, and that will obviously. When you go get with the best offensive line today, you did get some one-on-ones being the one offensive line versus the one D-line. So a little bit better pass rushers, but it sounds like the one offensive line did a better job of handling that than the backup offensive lines did just based on the reports that are coming out. And we're going to continue to talk about the reports and more of the information we're getting about Utah football's second, or excuse me, their second week of spring practice, but their second media availability in which the media members were able to come watch and see in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. The tournament is heating up, and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to the point spread to which teams will be cutting down the net. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on today to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Once again, March Madness, the NBA season really winding down. Every team was pretty much under 10 games left. A lot of seeding implications. So you know the players are going to be given everything they got. So there's lots of great games going on right now. Make sure you guys head over to FanDuel and get in on all those great games and actions they have going on. So let's keep it going with more spring ball stuff. We put a ball on the quarterback conversation, but I do think it's interesting to look at some of the other positions. And uh, one thing that Sammy did mention was that the the defensive line that they saw today featured Logan Fano, Junior Tufuna, Licky Vaimahi, and Connor O'Toole as the starters. Now I will say, I think that that's it. Logan, Logan being up there, Fano, I think that's very encouraging and shows the progress he's made back in his rehab. I fully expect Van Fillinger and just based on what we saw last year, Jonah Ellis to still be these teams two starting defense events, but that doesn't mean Logan Fano and Connor O'Toole can't be great depth pieces. I thought O'Toole got a lot better as the season went along. And I think Fano is the guy with the highest upside when he gets back to his full health. And I'm very interested to see what he looks like getting back in when he's back on the field, because he hasn't been able to go live in a game in a, since his high school days, since he tore his ACL with BYU before their season began. So it can be something very interesting to see and monitor. And obviously got all the confidence in the world in junior Tufuna, Levi Mahi, um, some other reports, linebackers remained unchanged. Lander Barton, Justin Medlock, Karene Reed, all the status quo for this Utah football team. That Those were kind of the three guys right now we expect to see there. Um, it was nice to see Teo Johnson get out there and get a couple defensive reps in as he kind of navigates his new position. Zamaya Vaughn also made a nice pass break up on Bandon Rose, so credit him for making a good play in the secondary. And Zamaya's a guy we expect to be cornerback one, so always encouraging to see that. One thing that wasn't as encouraging was uh, Cole Becker was one of two today in the viewing. He was good on his first kick from 40 to 50 yards to Sammy Mora. Um, it's, it's always a little challenging to tell exactly where those lines are, too, she points out, which is very true, especially from our vantage point. And uh, he also had boinked another one off the uprights, which is exactly what he did last week. So hopefully getting those out now so it won't be an issue uh, come later in fall camp. But um, overall, yeah, it's just going to be one of those uh, things where it's just kind of that concerning thing, but hopefully nothing um, nothing too nothing too like scary at the moment, like something Becker's just working through and eventually get it figured out and uh, get back to his accurate ways is because he was extremely accurate at Colorado between 40 and 50 feet. He was five of six on kicks last year for the bus, pretty much the only bright spot that football team had overall. So I think that's a very encouraging sign that he was productive last year and 
I think he's just working through a couple of things, as I mentioned this year. Also staying with Utah football spring ball. I want to mention, I think one thing that's interesting is what Josh Newman tweeted out. Uh, he tweeted out that Johnson was running for his life a couple of times once protection broke down early. And look, that's one of the problems. And it's hard to evaluate. One of the things that's hard to evaluate is when these guys are in spring ball and they're not going with the top guys, you're not going to have the top playmaker. So you might have drops. You might not have guys get open. And that's where it's hard to evaluate to the media because you can't. It's not like we have an all 22 view. It's not like we're going back and replaying everyone. You're just watching it live. So you don't know who run the wrong route. You don't know who messed up offensive line wise. So that's where it is hard to cast like any doubt or blame on guys like Nate or Bryson for not performing. It, it starts with the offensive line up front. I talked about that a couple of times this week now, but I'm going to continue to say it. That's what the most, I still think outside of quarterback is the most important position on the field because yes, quarterback drives everything, but you still need your offensive line to be able to produce and give you time. And once you have, to, when you have time in the game of football, you can do anything. When you have time in any aspect of life, it helps you be able to do things more effectively, right? Football, absolutely no different. So I do think it's it'd be interesting to see if we, in going forward, see come sign of some more mismatch. If we see like Nate Johnson more with that one group, how he looks with them versus how a Brandon Rose would look with the twos and see if those offensive line bring the same issues. But at least right now, it definitely sounds like that Brandon Rose handles the pressure a little bit better in terms of dropping back and throwing than Nate Johnson did at least today. Definitely one of the intriguing stories to watch as spring ball continues to play out. We also got some injury updates today a little bit. Josh Newman tweeted out that Kyle Whittingham called Mackay Bernard week to week. He's been off the side with an injury both times we've watched practice. Whittingham didn't sound concerned, but was clear the trainers are earing on the side of Kachin. If there were a game today, Bernard would likely be a go. He also painted. He also painted Nate Ritchie's a week to week. Ritchie hasn't has yet to practice, and it's not clear whether or not he will this spring. So, I'll start with Makai. Makai is a guy who the only thing I think I'd be concerned about when it comes to Makai is that he's already battled injuries a couple times. So you just want him to be healthy by the time the season rolls around. You don't want the same thing that's uh, plagued him a couple times throughout his Utah career to be the same thing. You want him to be full go because him and Jaquindon have a chance to be a very special backfield tandem. So that's one thing we definitely got to hope for is that Makai is just good to go by the time the season rolls around. But look, this will be his fourth spring ball now, unless he was an early owner early, which I'm not sure of off the top of my head. So he, he doesn't need spring ball. I do think Nate Ritchie would be helpful to get him out there just to, get the pads on again since it's been two years, hit a little bit, but um, I'm, I'm still not too concerned with him. I just think obviously the coach's feeling where he's at. I feel like that's still part of the reason that Clayton Isbell ended up transferring is because he felt like that Richie Vaki and Cole Bishop would be the three guys at safety. So I do feel like that overall this Utah football team is in a good position with these injuries and that, uh, that these guys are going to be, be all right overall for this Utah team. So Either way, another encouraging day of spring ball practice. And one of the fun things for spring ball always, too, is um, just how the opportunities these other guys get. I mean, you have guys like Devin Johnson who goes out there and make, makes plays. Luca Caldara saw some time with the ones as well. Sammy Moore tweeted out. So, like, just a lot of guys. There's lots of change-ups, change shake-ups, guys being pushed for the different jobs. So this is the great thing about spring ball is guys get tested, guys get new opportunities, guys get more run, there's more development. Spring ball is a really positive thing for a football team to me. It's a really emphasis on development rather than in the season where it's like, this is what, excuse me, what you're trying to do. You're trying to win games. You're trying to get better, do everything. So great to hear like guys like Brandon Rose are making those strides. And uh, Nate Johnson spoke glowingly of Brandon after about the job he did on scout team last year and how he's coming in and kind of handled everything now. And obviously the coach Witt say, saying that they starting to see a little bit of separation there. Sounds like they're speaking very highly of what Brandon's done already. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, as I said, if, 
he will end up being quarterback too because it sounds like he's off to an outstanding start. And I will give a lot of you credit, you guys credit too. A lot of you guys were in the comments telling me because I'm a bit of a big Nate Johnson guy and I'm this race is far from over, obviously, but I've been the guy saying that I think Nate Johnson is going to win this job. I think he's the future of the Utah quarterback room. And I'll give a lot of credit to Brandon Rose if he ends up being the guy who works works hard, bought in, and does end up winning quarterback two job and sets himself up nicely for when Cam Rising does depart this Utah football team after the season. And we still don't know if Cam's going to be able to go game one, so it's another fun storyline to watch. But either way, always great that the media and us get to view these practices so you can just kind of see some things where the team is at because those highlight videos that they edit and put out are always really nice but doesn't paint the full picture. And look, neither does 20 minutes, but it does a lot better job being able to see 20 minutes than getting to see a 20-second video of highlights cut together and everything basically. So either way, it's the great thing about spring ball is you get to see the practice guys competing in. It's just always great to be back on a football field and have all that action and everything going on. So another day of Utah media availability for the practice viewing came to a close, but we learned a lot, which was exactly what you hope for. Next cup coming up, we're going to talk with Sammy Mora about the Utah gymnastics team. But first I want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. As I pull up my ad read, <laughs> UCCU, it's the perfect time to open a low rate home equity line of credit from UCCU. Over time, the value of your home goes up as you make payments. The balance you owe goes down. The space between is equity and it's yours. A UCCU home equity line of credit can put that equity to work for you, like finishing your basement or yard and raising your home's value or paying off a higher interest loans and getting out of debt faster or helping with college or weddings or the peace of mind that just comes from knowing you have a low rate line of credit ready for whatever, whenever. UCCU also provide you with your very own home equity visa card, giving you instant access to your equity. If you already have a home equity with another financial institution, just refinance with UCCU and save. To learn more or start your application today, visit uccu.com or stop by any new or any, any UCCU branch, not new ones, just any UCCU branch. UCCU, love where you so that's going to do it for the football talk. As I mentioned, I talked with Sammy Moore about a huge upcoming weekend for the Utah gymnastics team. So make sure you guys enjoy that conversation. And we'll be back with more Utah content as Jake Hatch will be joining me on tomorrow's Locked On News. The Utah gymnastics team has a chance to make some history and do something very special. They're going for their 47th consecutive national championship appearance this coming weekend. Sammy, in order to do that, they'll have to win their first session. And if they win the first session, then they move on to the second session. And if they finish in the top two of that, I should say first session, top two, second session, also top two, you're going to nationals. Once again, I expect this Utah gymnastics team to do it in order to make sure they make it 47 straight. What do they need to do? Well, I really like Utah's draw first and foremost. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're going to be in Los Angeles. To, it, they're going to be competing at a, at a venue they they know at Poly Pavilion, um, and I think it's 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 a really good draw for Utah if you really think about who they're going to be up against. Um, so obviously, in that early session, which is going to be next Thursday or yeah, Thursday of this week actually, um, at three p.m. Mountain. I remember if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. it's going to be Utah, Auburn, Southern Utah, and Washington. So obviously Utah beat Southern Utah in the regular season at, at mm -hmm. Best of Utah. Utah beat Washington twice, including posting like one of their highest scores of the season. Um, and then Washington was in the early session of the Pac-12 championship and Utah just kind of ran away from everybody yeah. in that session. No one cracked a 197 in that first session. So not the best gymnastics you're seeing down there. But then the big it's going to be Utah and Auburn, I think moving out moving on from that first that first early session but the, my biggest thing is how is auburn going to look without like is suny lee going to be there mm -hmm. what is auburn going to look like because suny has been out for the last two weeks 
She didn't compete in senior day, and then she did not compete in SECs last weekend as well. Um, and that's the thing is with SUNY is it's Auburn's a different team with her. Like she is like their cam rising. She is their their driver, their factor. And she's already said that this is her last season. She's mm-hmm. she's done. She's gonna go back to trying for the Olympics and stuff. And um, I think she's left the door open to come back at Auburn. But I honestly, if they were gonna honor her at senior night, I think that this is her saying. I'm done. Goodbye. Like, like what we you. talked about with Alyssa Peely, then them yeah. not choosing to do it. This is the reverse. Yep. This is the reverse. And then you have in that late session, obviously you have uh, the big rival UCLA. Um, you have Missouri, you have Stanford, and then you have the winner of the Boise state uh, BYU play in mm-hmm. which those play. There's only been one team that has made it from a play in to the regional final. And that was Stanford last year. Um, Stanford did it and they were actually in Utah's regional and like Stanford for some reason just hit like a stride um, last year. March Madness team catching fire. (laughs) Yeah. March Madness, which is not very common in college gymnastics. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think at the end of the day, I think Utah and UCLA are going to be the two teams to move on. Um, Utah just like, yeah, Utah's had their struggles, especially since Grace McCallum went down. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think Utah is the better team overall. If we get the vault squad that we saw at Pac-12s, that was just on fire, mainly Abby Brenner, who won Pac-12 mm. Vaulter of the Year. Um, this Utah team is pretty much unstoppable, in my opinion. You also, if you get Jillian Hoffman back, who is out for Pac-12s with a precautionary, like a precautionary injury, mm. if you get her back in that vault lineup, that is very good for this team because you're possibly throwing six tens, which is like what elite teams do. Um, if you're not throwing six tens, you're at least throwing five, which is still better than where they're currently sitting at with four. Cause the four girls that are throwing the tens for Utah right now is Jaden Rucker, Jillian, or when Jillian's in Jillian Hoffman, mm-hmm. Abby Brenner, McKenna Smith, and Lucy Stanhope. So if you get those five in there and then maybe Jaylene Gilstrap, who's been vaulting pretty decently or Miley O'Keefe, you put her back in there, who she's also been vaulting pretty well. Like that's that's a good, good vault group for Utah. But years past, I would have said if this comes down to beam, Utah's going to lose it. Um, but I think the roles are very much reversed now. If this came down to beam, Utah's in a very good position to win. You know, number one beam team in the country. Like you just have so many great beam workers on that team. Crystal Issa's a good one. Kara Akers, fantastic. Miley O'Keefe, Abby Paulson. Emily Morgan is one of the best leadoffs in the country, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have McKenna Smith, who has really stepped up since uh, yeah. since Grace McCallum has went down. And that freshman is, she's everything that Tom Farden has has talked about and more. Um, but obvi- overall, I think this is, this, is, this is probably one of the best draws for Utah because there are some other regionals that are looking like a bloodbath. Um, mainly Pittsburgh from what, from my just predictions on thing that Pittsburgh regional is just going to be a murderous bloodbath zone. Um, but Denver's looking kind of meh in my opinion. Um, and so as Norman, Oklahoma, that is Oklahoma's regional to lose at this point. And I don't think they're going to lose Oklahoma hit is, is peaking right now. And that's something you don't want to say with an Oklahoma team because Mm -hmm. Oklahoma usually will end up beating you. but the outlook is, I think the outlook's really good. And I think if this season doesn't end the way that they want it to, in my opinion, next year is probably going to be like the year. 
and I've said I've said this. Oh for my last- gosh! Remember when they have coming back too? Well, I mean, and I've said this. I've yeah. said that Utah that is Utah's year for the last two years, and people are probably sick of me saying it. But if you look at what's going on around the country and what Utah has going on, it's probably going to be like a good year for Utah because obviously at Florida, Florida will lose Trinity Thomas, who's like one of the best gymnasts of all time collegially. You have Oklahoma that's kind of looking a little shaky at times with who's coming back, who's not. Michigan had two uh, seniors and us are coming back for their fifth year, but they're still losing um, like Natalie Voich, who's like an NCAA champion and all around queen. They're losing, losing Abby Heskell, who's also an all around champion. Like you're just Michigan's losing a lot. And then UCLA, Jordan Childs is already announced. She's not coming back next year. This is her last year for right now. She's already said like, I'm going to defer, but leave the possibility of coming back open like coming back, like leave that door open. So I think Utah and you have you have Jam coming back as they affectionately have named themselves, Jaden Rucker, Abby Paulson, and Miley O'Keefe all coming back for their fifth year. You have a damn good recruiting class coming in with like some high four stars and even a yes. couple of five stars. So I think obviously Grace McCallum will be back from her, her knee injury. Um, I think it's going to be a really good year. Um, on, on the Grace note, I will say like – I have heard rumblings that Grace is uh, training again, but the thing is, is I don't think it will be the event we need that Utah would need her on the most, because the event Utah would need her on the most is vault, and um, I don't see her coming back on that, especially with with the type of injury she had and how much like like how like big and bulky her knee brace was and how long she didn't bend it for. Um, I think that, and Tom Farton has always done this. If girls are coming back from a knee injury during the season, the one event you start them on is bars because it, there's the only pounding you have to do is your landing on your dismount. Um, you won't, you probably won't see Grace again on floor. You probably won't see her again on beam. You probably won't see her again on vault this season, just because of that pounding. Um, and if if Grace comes back and adds to this bars lineup, that makes this bars lineup even more amazing because grace is capable of scoring tens like there's other girls in the lineup that are but grace is she's so consistent and she's so good at what she does so that's that's what i've heard on the grace end of things i know that's like something that people constantly ask about is is grace ready is grace going to be back is grace ready like what's going on with grace it's like Mm -hmm. just give her time because in my opinion i would rather her just shut herself down for the rest of the season and fully heal yeah Instead of for- forcing something and just making it worse and then missing possibly all of next season. No, 1000%. That's what's best, like you said, for her and then also for this team too, because the present is bright and the future is bright. And that's what makes it really exciting for the Utah gymnastics team. And they got a great chance to do make some history. Once again, it starts this Thursday when they compete in the first session. If they win that, they will compete the second on Saturday. And then after that, it'll be off to national. So it's going to be fun Top to see two. how it all plays out. Top Top two, two. yes, thank you. Yes, top two in the first session, top two in the second session. Bada bing, bada boom, you're in national. It's going to be fun to see if they can do it, just like it's always fun having you join us, Sammy. What are a couple of things you have coming up with Youth Zone? Um, Spring camp, lots of spring camp content. Um, Obviously, gymnastics um, on Thursday and possibly, hope not possibly, Saturday. I'm going to just say they're going to make it Saturday. Um, Just just maybe some, I might have some some women's basketball stuff in the works. That's TBD, but... um, a lot of football and a lot of gymnastics. 
it is the season, like we said, for football and gymnastics time at this point. So mm-hmm. make sure you guys stick to Ute Zone to see all that coming up. Also, if you're in the market for a second listen every day, we recommend you check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. The final four is here. It's all led up to the road to Houston, and you guys can check out Locked On College Basketball to get all the breakdowns from the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight action. We're expert Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bringing you everything you know on and off the court. Plus, you can hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Big thanks to Sammy Moore for joining us once again. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes, but we'll see you tomorrow.